Welcome back to the Play on Words podcast, you guys. This episode is so good that I had to cut it into two episodes because there's just so much good information. I interviewed my friend Deandra. She is a bilingual social worker and mom in New York City. Uh, We met on the internet, and so we decided to make this episode kind of talking a little bit about social media and what to do when you see things you know there's so many experts on social media now and it just feels kind of hard to know what advice to take and what to leave um, and how to kind of sniff out what is relevant so we talk about social media comparison and comparing your own kids um, and how to find the right quote-unquote expert to listen to Um, and one of the things I love about Deandra there's so many and you're gonna hear this in a minute in this episode but she is an expert in her field but she outsources anything else that she is not an expert expert in so she's like just because I'm a mom and a bilingual social worker and I work in schools doesn't mean I know how to prepare my kids or ask the questions on school tours. So she asked if she could ask the questions and I asked if she would share them on the podcast because she has so, so, so much um, insight to share. So I'm so glad that you get to listen to this. Um, Before we jump in, I forgot I'm adding two trends. Um, Trends? I don't know if that's what it's called. But in every podcast with every guest, I'm going to be asking them to share like the opposite of mom shaming. So catch someone doing something good, could be a stranger, could be someone you know, and share it with us. Just tell us about the good thing you saw someone else doing that inspired you. So Deandra shares that, um, and it's a good one in this episode. Um, And then the other thing I'm adding in, I stole from somebody else, don't even remember what podcast it was, but what your reviews say. You guys, I'm so grateful for your reviews. It really keeps me going. This one comes from Kelly. She says, I have learned more from you than my master's in reading and literacy. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. It's helped me be a better mom and teacher. I have a late August B-Day kid who is very much ready for kindergarten and your podcast episodes have truly helped me in making that decision. A, A decision I've been thinking about since the day he was born. I just wanna do what's right for my kids and my readers. Thank you, Beth. Guys, that means so much to me. I want you to know that every single review I screenshot and I share in a folder for when I'm having a bad day. So so I really, really appreciate your reviews. Kelly, thank you for writing. Please write to me and leave a review so I can hear what you're thinking and I can know how to help um, bring on better guests and topics to share about to help you and your family. So reach out. I love hearing from you. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Yay. Hi, Deandra. Um, okay. We are talking about, well, you have two preschoolers and you're just going to ask all the questions and debunk things that you've read on the internet. We are internet friends. You are an expert. First of all, you're a mom expert, but you're also a child therapist and raising bilingual kids. Um, so you have a lot of experience, but you still have some questions. And I think that that's helpful for people 
to hear that like nobody knows how to navigate everything. So I'm so glad you're here. Yay, I'm so glad I'm here too. Yes, I'm definitely not an expert in academics or I'm I'm learning as I go. I'm learning through my kids, like what they're being exposed to. Things have changed a lot, a lot, um, especially when you think about, like I grew up in the Dominican Republic. So like my lens is from a different country and how education happens in a different country versus my kids are growing up in the U.S. So I'm so excited to be here and be able to ask all the questions. Um, so one of the things that I always hear um, when I talk about like preschool and like preschool age and starting preschool is like um, preparing kids for preschool, um, whether that is as a three-year-old or like my oldest will be going into like the four-year-old classroom and pre-K, like right before kindergarten. And a lot of people have said, um, you know, we do stuff at home. We do like writing practice. We do sound practice. We do like the ABCs. But um, a lot of the internet um, chatter that I hear is about um, how all these things are arbitrary and how like kids don't really need to be doing that. Um, and there's almost like there's two camps, like, oh, you should just let your kid play and only play and do nothing academic, or you should do a lot of academic things so that they don't fall behind. And I feel like I never, I want like a more of a balanced experience, but the two camps kind of, I don't know, I feel like anything extreme is a lot. Um, so I want to hear like your thoughts on that. Is it, should it just be play? Should it be academic? Can we just have like a little bit of both? How do we get to a little bit of both? I don't know. I love you. And also, I was just remembering that we were talking about this in DMs, which also, like, I want to point out, you just said there's a lot of chatter on the internet. And we both are, like, our authority figures <laughs> in our areas on the internet. So we're not even just, like, people that are like, oh, it's so annoying. Like, we are part of the chatter. So it's, yes. it's interesting to hear you also say, because I feel, I feel that so much. And I have been on social media for 10 years and have been doing all this and I get overwhelmed and I know that you do too in your field but also as a mom so I'm always telling people to like pick your three pick your three and you have to put blinders on everything else um I like to like pick the three so instead of like picking oh researching every single thing like so maybe I love cocktails and I'll, I like, don't want to research every single ingredient in cocktail, but I research the person that is a cocktail expert. And so I just trust almost everything that they say. But if I just like, was like looking at everything, it would get overwhelming. So I kind of remind yeah, myself I like actually. That. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Almost like pick your three accounts that you're going to follow and you're going to like, like they're like consume their content because it can get, I remember when I was pandemic parenting and I wanted to do like a lot of, I don't know new things because we were locked down um I remember like I started following Montessori because Montessori very much aligns some of it aligns with like <laughs> what I like to do um with my kids and the kind of like like even as a as a therapist I play a lot so like it aligned really with what I wanted to do for my kids and so but then it got too much like I was following like 20 Montessori accounts and I was like wait this is too much these are contradicting let me just narrow it down to the ones that I do like and so yeah and I know I, I think about this a lot when it's like would you let that many people in your house talking to you like at the same time <laughs> that would be so overwhelming so like no you like you want three friends you want to sip your coffee and talk about the ideas you're going to try and then be like 
oh, that's a good idea. But if you have like so many ideas, I also, I use, this is like ironic because I do offer sensory classes and like there was a different theme every week and it was the most extravagant sensory bowl bins. And I even did like big city readers in a box that was like cute sensory kits. But I also like, like I used to see accounts that would be like, here's how to teach your kids, your toddlers, how to understand the very hungry caterpillar using just a Pringles can, some felt, a hot glue gun. And I'm like, no, no. And I would feel so bad because I would be like, oh, I do. I used to, in my preschool classroom, I would do stuff like that all the time. But that is cute. And it's fine if you love doing that, but it's not necessary for your child's development. Mm -hmm. It's not necessary. And so even as a teacher, I would compare my classroom to other people's. I'd be like, oh, I should do that decoration. And then I had to get to this point that I was like, number one, this is distracting me from my purpose. Like this mm-hmm. is distracting me from working with kids. Two, we do not need flashy things. Like kids just need you. They just need you to see them. Yes. And um, you know, we talk about this all the time. And so, and then I was like, I have this rule. I added it when I was a classroom teacher. And I know this isn't what you were exactly talking about, but it's just this rule I have now that is if it takes longer to set up than the amount of time kids are going to be using it, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. No, I know. I always like when I I remembered like started like starting to feel overwhelmed when I started to see kind of like those extreme things like, yeah, sensory bins are cute. I love a sensory bin. But when it's so elaborate, like I remember seeing one that it was like, um, Frida Kahlo and it was like her face and it was like they dyed every single part and they did the eyes and everything I'll have to share it with you um, and I was like oh my god how much time I, I'm like a mom of two and so I was like I don't have time to do this like elaborate thing I have time to open a bag of black beans and pour it and like let my kids play with that and maybe put a little some containers for them to dump but I don't have time to like make a face make a character make a whole thing um so I think that's that's, I'm happy that you're saying that because I do think that when we're prepping for preschool a lot of the advice starts to be like do so much and so much and I'm like like my mom always says, it's so funny, but I feel like my parents parented so in a chill way. She was like, yeah. I don't, like, I just sent you to school. Like you, like, it feels like your generation is doing so much. And I literally was like, okay, Deandra's going to school, like, and her siblings. And she just like, took me to school versus I feel like we're getting all this advice of like, we have to do so much um, more, which is fine. I want to be an involved parent, but almost like, it almost like causes like anxiety and like so much pressure to like, am I doing enough? Should I be doing more? Should I let my kid play more? Should I let them like do academics? Should I'm like, why are we going to preschool then? You know, I mean, you know, like it's just so hard when, when you feel like you're a mom and a teacher at the same time, all the time, and not to even include bilingualism. It's just like a lot. I know. I know. I catch myself being like, oh, be careful. I mean, not be careful. I can see that you are trying something new and I notice this and it's just like, because, you know, I saw something on the internet was like, don't say, be careful. So I think the important thing to remember is that the internet is clickbait. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone, and there's now so many experts in everything. And there's experts in teaching you how to talk about your, I'm using quotes here, experts in teaching you how to talk about your product or why people should follow you. So then like, they're just giving you 
the clickbait, use one of these three hooks to get more views. And then everybody's like, here are the five things I would never do as a preschool parent, or I'm a kindergarten teacher and I would never send my kid to preschool. And it's like, that's the hook. It's clickbait. Think about the tabloids when you're checking out at the grocery store where it was like, this person lost 25 pounds in three days. Here's how you can do it too. Like, and we know now, we know mm -hmm. that that's not healthy. Like as a teenager, I was like, Ooh, I'm going to grab that, um, mm -hmm. which is a whole nother story about that. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, it's like you grab those and then you learn. So like, we're still learning about social media and learning how to protect ourselves. Um, I think a lot of people like, so aren't, I think not everyone is cautious, as cautious as maybe you and I are with like how we're not trying to be hooky, but also know like that it is our business and our life. Right. Um, and we have to provide, but it's like not, I, I, I know we're both very like aware of not being like the hook, like your kids are going <laughs> to fail at co in college if they don't play this one activity. Like, it's just so much it's so fear mongering. And like, I feel like poor parents, honestly, like I love this. Is why I mean, I'll always be a therapist, but like, I love working with parents and like being like, okay, let's break this down. Like, what is the purpose of someone saying this to you? And then this is why you're having that reaction. And let's like talk about it. But I think like even, you know, and that's why um, when we were talking about um, chatting today, I was thinking about like, yes, I'm an expert in this, but like, it doesn't mean that I'm immune to the pressure or immune, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter what role you have. You could be a doctor, you could be a nurse, you could be a social worker. We are all still racing kids together. And it's, it's hard not to feel feel like my three-year-old has to be doing all these things before he even gets to preschool and it's like dude preschool is for this purpose like how about we we figure out a way that is more cohesive so I um so I'm so excited that we're like chatting today about that I am too and, and it's I just thought of this like little like maybe this is like a permission slip you need to write yourself or someone else needs to write themselves like just literally find a post-it and write the words permission slip at the top and like write down oh sorry my dog is here of course um <laughs> write down <laughs> write down to yourself like permission slip to if i start comparing when i see someone on the internet if i start thinking oh my kid can't do that or oh shoot i should be doing that my permission slip is to exit out of the app and to just go hug my kid for 10 seconds because that is going to do a lot more than any of the activities that you're seeing mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I love that. Yeah, yeah so, it's, hard, it's hard. It's so hard. It's so hard for so many people to like, you know, disengage from whatever is causing you more stress. Or sometimes like, I don't know, I like to see something and I'm like, okay, I like how they did it, but this is how I want to do it. You know, I want to do it in this way that works for me. And a lot of times I always believe that simple is best for kids. And um, when it's more complicated and convoluted, it's really for us and not for their needs. Um, it's for the aesthetics and kids don't care about aesthetics. Oh, 100%. And I think about this too. Um, and so, and also I like to remind people, you might like it complicated and your kids might like it complicated. Mm -hmm. They probably don't, but you might. It's so right. I always, <laughs> yeah. So I say, okay, like if you ever go to like a workout class and they're like, okay, we're going to do cross curtsy lunges with a hammer curl into a shoulder press. And it's like, 
that might be a great move. But for me, I get frustrated. I'm like, I can't follow that. And then I actually don't work out the muscles that I need to, because I'm just so focused on doing this move. And then I'm looking at how is everyone else able to do this? And when I could have just done 25 squats and, and like actually gotten a more efficient workout. So that like, think about it like that. Like, do I want a complicated workout or should I just do something for 10 minutes and feel good about my body? Yeah, I like that. I like, this is so, I'm going to take that with me today. Yes, good. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about what you're seeing. And I think it might help if, if you can think of any, like if you can get into any specifics of like what you've seen or what you what has made you like kind of like your body like tense, like, oh no, am I doing enough? Um, Like, so, and obviously we won't say people's account names, but like if you saw something specific that was like, I don't know, like your preschooler should be able to drive a car or something, you know, do you have any specifics that you've seen? I think the one that I had a really big reaction to lately was some account. I didn't even follow this person, but for some reason, the algorithm thought that I needed to see this. Um, Maybe because I needed to go on your podcast. Um, I was going to say. (laughs) But um, it was about, um, there's a lot of talk about um, Finland and how like kids are not like even, um they're not even introduced to reading until they're like seven or later I don't even know if this is true I've never even looked it up um it doesn't really matter what's happening in Finland because we don't live there we live in the U.S. but people love to say this but one of the things that I saw in the same kind of account was that kids shouldn't need to um know how to write or um by the time, like at seven, like that's not a priority, like knowing how to hold a pen or a pencil um, and write, do lines and, and things like that. And I have, like, I mean, I, I just have never heard that before. And I thought that that was so interesting um, because the same child that they were saying didn't know how to do those things was doing other kinds of fine mortar um, activities. Like he was sewing and he was um, doing archery. And so the point of the hook was that, why are we wasting time trying to get kids to sit down and write? Um, And this was like a six, seven-year-old instead of teaching them um, or letting them play more or follow their interests. And it seemed like this kid really liked to sew and like archery. And my question always is, but why can both happen like if your kid can if my kid can pull an arrow and like shoot at a target which he could probably hurt an animal if he can do that why can we also teach them to hold a pencil and is this arbitrary like should is there an age where we would get concerned if a child can't hold a pencil the right way and write um and I think about that for my kids obviously they're little um but my four-year-old writes his name and he writes other words and he writes Amazing. like, he writes like, I love you, mommy. Like he knows how to write like few things, you know? And I think, and he wants to. And so I'm like, I don't know. Are we pressure? I mean, I don't, we don't like pressure him to do that, but like, he's interested in that. And so like, when I hear that advice, it's like, okay, so like, should I put a stop to this and like follow other interests? But like writing can be an interest. Like I, I, I think he gets it from me because I love journaling. (laughs) I love journaling and I'm a writer. So I've always written, I've like from a very young age and he sees me writing constantly. So he constantly wants, that's an interest of his. But when you hear this advice um, on the internet, that's kind of like shamey, but also clickbait, you almost want to like 
consume it to like know if you're doing something wrong but also to understand like where they're coming from because I'm not judging this parent they they can do what I think that they can parent how they can parent I can parent how I can, but I am just interested when we polarize these things like my child that's four that does like to write and is wanting to write notes to grandpa and grandma and abuela like he's doing that why is that bad but your kid shooting an arrow should be something that's celebrated like what is that what is that about? oh my gosh that's so good there's so many things that you said that are so good but one I do I want to say um I remember looking at this video and it's it's this is why the internet well first of all the internet can be a great place we know each other from the internet like and you're like like I do talk to you about like real life things I feel like we talk so much and are like so many of my actual friends or people I know from the internet. So the internet can be so great, but also it can be um, so scary because not everyone, so if you think about like going to school or something, you at least hope that the person has been trained in how to teach that certain brain, like, you know, like, so say you have a kid that goes to a gifted school, you're going to have a gifted um, a class that, or a, you know, a gifted teacher, a teacher that can teach gifted kids. If you go to a kindergarten class, you hopefully have a teacher that's been trained in teaching kindergarten. Uh, mm -hmm. If you go to a fitness class, you have someone that's trained in like this. If you go to physical therapy, they're trained in this. But we don't have that um, on the internet. We just see someone say, I am a second grade teacher and I don't think kids need to learn how to write. And that is so dangerous because. Mm -hmm. Yes, because somebody's going to see that and think, oh, great. It's kind of like um, the wait and see. So, um, you know, you probably heard like people being like, well, am I being dramatic? My one and a half year old doesn't say any words. And then, you know, someone says wait and see, or you see a clickbaity thing that's like my two-year-old didn't, or yeah, my two-year-old didn't say a word until his second birthday. And now he says everything. And that message that goes into a parent that might have a child with significant delays is going to say, oh, okay, thank you, stranger on the internet with no credentials that just made that child have an extreme early childhood delay, which as we know, early childhood is, is ex like extremely, I was going to say excruciatingly, extremely important. The first three years of their life is 80% of their brain development happens in those first three years, 90% before they turn five. And if we just are like feeding and it's not going to stop, but like, unfortunately, like has to fall on the parent to then when they see those things, say, I'm not interested in that. Like you can mm -hmm. say it on your Instagram story or uh, on Instagram. If you see it, there's like three buttons you can push and you say, I'm not interested in this. And even just like saying out loud to yourself, I'm not interested in this, or I don't subscribe to this is going to help like your brain know how to sort through like how much you can trust yourself and how much to like take in from the internet. So I would say like, it, that is so, oh my gosh, it's, it gets me. I, I understand what that person is saying and I'll break that down. I think you do too, but it is so terrifying that there are people that don't, um, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I think that some people do, I mean, some people don't trust like, I think like, I mean, the pandemic in general just changed a lot. Like we consumed a lot of information via social media a lot of professionals wanted to continue their like being professional so they took to social media but I think that if 
the only place you're consuming information about your child and their development where they need to be is on social media, then that can get tricky because it, I mean, this person that posted that video was a kindergarten teacher and she's saying that. And so it's like, okay, well, that's weird. I've never had a kindergarten teacher say that it's not important to know how to write your name or know how to write something. You know, I've, I've never heard that. Um, and I have kindergarten teacher friends. Um, I don't know yeah. what it is about social workers and teachers. Like we just find each other. And so, um, and so like, I just never had heard that. And it surprised me that she was saying that. And I'm just like, but why can, why can we have both? Why can we, and like, it doesn't have, well, we don't have to want, we don't have to cancel one or the other. We can do fine motor skills and we can play. Like we can do them together. We can do them separate. Like we can, we don't have to go to one extreme. Like my kid is only going to play till they're seven years old and then he's going to do academic it doesn't have to be that way. Like academics are in anything. Like you can be collecting sticks and counting. Like th that's how I do it. I don't know. And so like, that's where I'm just like, oh my God, why are we, I think we're all wanting the same things, but it feels very divided in many ways. It is. And that is like parenting in general. And honestly, like no, no shade to this person, but like everyone is just trying to stand out. So like, I'm sure that this person was like, oh, I'm going to go with like the opposite of what I see people saying. Um, and I think so. Okay. So for people that are brand new, I always, you know, you and I always talk about this, like we have to make it the most simple. Cause there are people that have like a baby that are listening to this and they're like, Oh my gosh, what, wait, should they, or shouldn't they, they said they shouldn't hold a pencil. Like, should I put my three month old, should I make them hold a pencil? You know, like they're, it's so overwhelming. So yes, your seven-year-old should be able to write and hold a pencil that I just have to make sure is heard. Um, your kindergartner should be experimenting writing letters, at, at least experimenting writing letters. Your preschoolers should be experimenting writing letters and holding a pencil. They do not have to, three and four-year-olds do not have to hold it with the proper grip, um, but they should be exploring that. It should not be, here's this paper of letters to trace, trace it. Mm -hmm. So what, like the middle that I wish this person had was, that we don't have to explicitly say, hold this pencil this way and do this. But we do wanna give kids lots of opportunities to one, build their, their muscles in their hands, their fine motor strength to hold a pencil or a crayon. So that does mean if they sew or do archery, they are building those skills. We also wanna give them opportunities to experiment holding and feeling what it feels like to scribble or draw a circle or do all these things. We're not making them do something explicitly like writing, but we wanna have lots of opportunities to do that. Like if you think about it, if we're just like, it'll come, it'll come. It's not gonna come if you don't introduce it. Um, <laughs> they're not going to know. And like, I think about that for language development. Um, so like in bilingualism, for example, my three-year-old when he was going into preschool last fall um he knew what a um crayon was in Spanish but he didn't know what a crayon like the word crayon he knew what a crayon was and what it looked like and he knew the word in Spanish but before he started preschool like that was one of the words that I taught him and in, in English I was just like okay this is a crayon that your teacher is going to say crayon she's not going to say crayola he's going to say crayon and so um which is funny because a lot of things in Spanish are also like the brand name instead of what you know 
which is yeah so i mean if he said crayola they would have known that it's a crayon that what he was saying because that's the brand um but i like had to teach him he wouldn't just have known if no one taught him the word for that item because he knew it in another language and that's kind of how it works like if i never showed him chalk like how would he know like we don't just we don't know things just by going into an environment like someone at some point had to teach us what things are called and you either infer by hearing someone say it or someone explicitly told you this is what this is called um and so I think that that's the part that was missed like just like yes. you explicitly probably or modeled or demonstrated how to sew because you didn't give them a sewing machine and say hey go ahead and sew this like you, you had to break it down in baby steps. Like step one, this is a sewing machine. Um, don't put your fingers under here because it can like hurt you. Like you go over safety, you go over the whole thing. You don't just like, oh, here's my kid that knows how to sew. Like it took a lot of other background things to happen before someone can sew. I don't know how to sew. And I know that if I, I want to learn, I would have to go step one, step two, step three, and kids learn anything in steps. And I think that that's the part that we forget. If we want them to write eventually, we need to give them the steps to write. So showing them like, oh, this is a pen, this is a crayon is going to make it a lot more easier than if we just say, go find a pen. And we've never even shown them what the pen is, you know, or how to even, do I write from the bottom? Do I write from, you know, like you have to model that for kids. They don't just know. No you one are, no one just knows. You are so brilliant. Everything I'm like, ah, yes, um, <laughs> that you're saying, but it's so true. And, and, and it's fun. Like we don't need to have this, like, oh, kids are learning too much. Like actually learning is so fun. It is so fun to see your two-year-old draw a, a line on a paper for the first time. Like, I actually feel like I'm going to cry right now. I don't know why I just like got like so excited about this, but it is so fun because if you think about that first line, that first circle that they're drawing, I mean, I have on my fridge right now, every single one of my nieces and nephews first drawings. And it is so, so magical because that first line is going to lead to their first letter. It's going to lead to them writing their name and feeling so proud of themselves that they wrote their name, then it's going to lead to them writing their first sentence. Maybe it's, I love you. Like that is such a beautiful way to communicate. Maybe they learn how to write their own stories. They, they learn how to express that they're angry and they don't feel heard. They learn how to write an apology to a friend. Their social emotional skills are developing. Like writing is fun. It's exciting. It's fun. easy to learn. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be incorporated throughout your whole day. So, so those extremes that are like, my seven-year-old doesn't know how to write, but look at all the things he can do. But it's like writing is not bad. We can introduce mm -hmm. it so simply, so beautifully. Show your kids like how you, you know, like I remember being obsessed with trying to trace my parents' signatures when I would see them sign checks, you know, like, I feel like that's such a thing. Like, and then you're like, oh, that's your name. And then think about like how many people, you know, like have saved like their parents' signature or their grandparents' signature. I have so many friends that have like tattoos of how someone signs their name. And it's just like, your handwriting is important. So if we go in with that lens, that writing is magical and it's important because it's a great thing to be able to communicate rather than like schools are doing it wrong, which yeah, they could be doing it a little bit differently some places, but it's not so extreme. And it's just the tiny moments you can weave throughout your day and show your kids like, this is how I write my name. I actually was even thinking this last night. It was my, I had friends over for my birthday and we were playing big bowl 
And um, do you ever play that game? No, what Where, is it? Oh, everyone calls it different things, I guess. But it's like, I might, you I might know it if you say, if, tell me what it is and then I'll tell you if I know the, a different name. Yeah, so you just get a bowl and pieces of scrap paper and you everybody writes down nouns, like a person, place, and a thing on a pe- yeah. one piece of paper. Yeah, you know, what do you call it? Um, what do I call it? Um, I can't remember. Um, wait, what? I do oh, know everyone. Th- yeah, it's something weird, but it's not big bowl. It's something different. Everybody last I, night called it a different thing, and we were all like, ever like everyone would explain it. And they're like, oh, is that like celebrity, or is that like fishbowl, or is that like salad? I do think it's celebrity. What I call it? Yeah, I yeah. think it's celebrity. Yeah. Okay, that is it's, it. Must be one of those things. Like, do you call it a water fountain or a bubbler? Um, <laughs> but we were playing it last night, and it was. I mean, I was in pain, laughing so hard. The game's just so funny, but um. I was like looking at it and I was like, who writes in all capital letters? And then like, I was like, I know whose handwriting this is. And if you actually like look at those things about a handwriting, it's like, it's a special part of someone. Like people write distinctly. Like, so Mm -hmm. it's like, it's not, but it doesn't need to be like, you're, well, there is a right, this is not the episode we're talking about this, but there is a right way to write letters that is going to help kids in school. And Mm -hmm. it does need to start early, but it doesn't need to mean your three-year-old needs to be either only playing or only doing workbooks and mm-hmm. and I think you do such a beautiful job of this of like being like oh I'm I'm I, I've never been in your house but I'm assuming that you would do something like this based on all of our long conversations but like oh I'm writing the grocery list do you want to write the e for eggs for me like mm-hmm. just like letting them yeah. I do we, it and before and before we even did that we would do like oh can you show me we need to get bananas can you draw a banana and like even if it didn't look like a banana or can you go grab the color of a banana and then they, they would go and get yellow like we would do things like that even if they can't you know they're not going to do a perfect like banana I'm not looking for perfect I also think that that's this is important in like infancy teenagers adults like we don't need perfection doesn't exist and like no one should be looking for that you I want to connect with my kid but I when I would do the grocery list I would always be like oh can you get me the color for my youngest who's two and then for my oldest can you write a b for banana and then we would practice that way and then it starts and then it's like a little you know it's like a little art like we just did something the three of us together and now we go to the grocery store and then we pick up the things um can you find you know and like i think that writing in general is just everywhere especially when you're thinking about learning how to read and like even like recognizing though this is a big one i'm gonna ask you another question but recognizing the letters um there is just like so much um conflicting messages around like if I'm at the store and the the sign says bananas and I said oh do you see do you can you find the letter b like how dare I say that <laughs> like I don't know if I feel oh, like, I like that that's fine maybe, that's good I like it too but I feel like I hear conflicting information about like no your kid should not know the letter name they should only know the letter sound and I'm like but what if I want to just be like you know we're playing I spy and we're I spying at the grocery store the letters and I'm like oh can you find a letter b how many b's can we find today like I don't know something fun that's just gonna make my two-year and my four-year-old be engaged with me while we're also doing groceries and it's gonna make the trip more fun like why are these things so I don't know I feel like problematic in the age of social media like the letter names I've never like even knew that this was like so 
like a scary thing that parents are doing for their kids where I thought it was just like oh. fun like, oh knowing the ABCs knowing the letter names and then knowing the sounds like we could all do everything together it doesn't have to be one or the other necessarily unless you want to like if you want to just do sounds do sounds if you want to just do names do names if you want to do a combination of both do it but if there's just like such and because you're a reading specialist it's so nice to ask you a question <laughs> yes okay well no what you're doing is absolutely great you are absolutely right to do that and kids have to be able to name letters and sounds so and I want to say also, I'm sorry if I've ever been like a person that is adding to the confusion, but it is important to start playing with sounds first. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you don't need to ask them to pull out the Bs because kids do need to be able to name the letter name as well. Mm -hmm. So you're doing everything right by being like, hey, and I was going to say, um, okay, so I have a friend who is, so her daughter is starting kindergarten in the fall. Okay. Um, and they do like the kindergarten screening and I, I asked her to take a picture of it. Um, cause I wanted to know, I just want to know what they're asking. I would do the same thing. Um, and so she sent it to me and honestly, one of the things that they, two things that they were checking for her daughter, and I don't know if this is different state to state, but in New York, they were checking that her daughter knew the names of each of the letters of the alphabet. Um, and that if she could say if it was lowercase or uppercase, like they showed her both and she had to say whether it was uppercase and lowercase and whether she knew the sounds of them. I don't know. I mean, obviously this is, it's not like a test. It's just like a screening right. to know like where, where kids are falling in the classroom. But in New York, those are the three things that they were looking to see from kids entering into kindergarten. So I was just like, oh, it's so interesting because a lot of the advice that I hear is that, oh, they don't need to hear, like even today, I just heard this, that they don't need to know the letter names until second or third grade. No, I was like, wrong. wow, that's really, that would, be at a, that would put a kid, like if my kid went to kindergarten and did the kindergarten screening for our school and he didn't know any of the letter names, then they would mark a zero. And versus like my friend's kid knew 20 out of 24 or something like that. She knew most of them didn't know all the names, but it's fine. She's going to learn that in kindergarten, but it was an expectation going into kindergarten or at least part of the screening. They wanted to know that. So I thought that that was interesting too. Deandra, you are just as, as you and I, in most of our conversations, you're heating me up. <laughs> it's okay. I like it. Um, Actually, speaking of, I like getting fired up. I, um, this is such a side note and I should have just skipped it, but my brain wanted to say it. Um, and now I have to, <laughs> but, um, I, the other day was talking about, you know, it's June, it's pride month. And I was like, I said on my stories, you know, of course, like I was like, it is a teacher's job or a social worker's job. Anyone that works with children, it is your job to just love and accept every child. It's not your job to have any opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, you can have your opinions. I'm, I'm, I personally, I am going to judge your opinions. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not going to judge you for your opinions, but that would be a lie. I am going to judge you if it's in, in any harm to any other human. Um, yeah. but I, yes. Yeah, so, so I'm, but I'm like, I'm like trying to be like level and like this, it's, it's not about if you believe this is okay or not. It's about if you work with children, you have to accept every single child like and then you know this is longer story later but you know people are like well they're teaching kids to be like this and it's like how what are you talking about and I like I like to say a fact back to a person so somebody said that actually on social media like yeah but teachers in their classroom are 
it's not their job to teach preschoolers about body parts. And I was like, oh my gosh, how are you able to be in the classroom? That's amazing. I haven't heard many um, schools let parents observe all day, every day in the classroom and like trying to like make people see like, you actually don't know what's happening. You are assuming things. Um, but the thing about getting fired up is I, I do this, you know, logical consequence is when people aren't, if I say something about pride and then people are like, you're disgusting, then I donate to an organization in their name, the logical <laughs> consequence, you know, like we're, we're just evening it. But I sat on my stories um, that I was like, I'm sort of disappointed because I kind of like getting fired up, but nobody like one person did like a week later say something. And so I made a donation in their name. Her name was Megan. And um, thanks, Megan. Thank you, Megan. You're listening. <laughs> thanks, Thank you, thanks, Megan. Megan. <laughs> um, but I was like, I'm sort of disappointed because I wanted to like get fired up. And one mom who I actually met so many years ago and I, another internet friend, but no, now she's an internet friend because she lives in Florida, but she uh, was a nanny of somebody that I tutored and then she had a baby. So um, now she's a mom, but um, she was like, no, actually that's so good when um, people aren't surprised in the comments. It's, she's like, it's disheartening when mm -hmm. you see people being like mad in the comments because that means that that person isn't talking enough about social justice issues right. that people are surprised and i was like yes okay great i'm not mad anymore <laughs> mm -hmm. that is so true that's such a good point yeah if yeah. people are surprised by the content that your social justice content is because you it's just odd like it's not you haven't been outwardly that you support this community or this community or this community or all communities which like on our social media it's very clear like we support people and if you hate any kind of person because of who they like or what they do or how whatever or what they look like or how they talk like or how they talk if they have an accent and don't have an accent like my community is not for you um and you won't be in it yeah, and sorry, it actually doesn't affect me if you leave. Like when people are like, I'm unfollowing, it's like, oh darn. Racist and discriminatory um, beliefs that will then expose my children to that because I want to be able to control like how that's going to happen. I don't want to be, I don't want to shame them. I don't want them to feel shame in a play date. Like that's not the point of a play date and that's not the conversation we're having. But it made me think about that. I'm like, social media is a good thing. And like when you're trying to see if you and the family who you want to spend time with that from the outside looks like someone that you might bond with, if they're, if your values are aligned. So I always, I mean, I've always posted things and I'm like, what do people expect? I'm a social worker. Of course, I believe yeah. in but also not really because some social workers don't. So I can't say like all social workers, but I am a person of color. I am Hispanic. I grew up in the Dominican Republic. Like there's so many things about my identity that I would never sacrifice for a play date. And um, so I love sharing anything like social justice, justice oriented on my social media so that people that follow me, a lot of times my kids parents classmate parents so that they can see like oh this is where this family is at and we're either on board with that or maybe this is not a family that we're going to be friends with which I'm fine with yes you have to be fine with I mean yeah you are amazing I don't know anyone that wouldn't want to be your best friend um <laughs> but really like I feel like if I was like at your school I would be like that is the only mom that I'm going to be friends with <laughs> um, 
I would be like stalking you ahead of time and be like, that's the one. There she is. I saw her in her story. She's wearing a pink shirt today. <laughs> it's Miss Beth again. And obviously I'm a super fan of Deandra and I'm sure you are well on your way if you aren't already. This is the end of the first half of our conversation. We have a second half that is probably up by the time you finish listening to this. And we talk more about how to use your discernment on social media and all the gurus out there. But also we talk about something that Deandra taught me a couple years ago, I think, that has changed how I look at every situation in my life. It is the one phrase to remind yourself to help build and repair great relationships, whether it's with your self or your child or your child's teacher or even your partner. And I'm not going to spoil it because I'll save it for the second half, but it's so good. And um, so anyway, just check out the second half. Make sure you follow Deandra on Instagram. She's at Bilingual Playdate and let her know how much you loved having her on the podcast. She's such a great resource for bilingual parents and teachers. So check her out and um, please send me any messages or anything that you need more help um, sifting through and I will add it to our list of topics to cover on this podcast. See you next time.